0: Welcome to Embrace Live Thrive, a podcast to encourage women that depression and anxiety are not normal parts of motherhood. To realize that taking care of yourself is important and you, mom, are worthy of care and that is the best way to care for your family. Join me as we talk through issues in mental, social, nutritional, physical health, and so much more. Now is the time to start talking and admit that motherhood is the hardest thing we have ever done, but also the most rewarding. I hope you were able to listen as I tell you that it is okay to not be okay, but what is not okay is to stay there. I hope to equip you with tools, tips, resources to help get you through some of life's most exhausting moments. And at the end of the day, realize that you are the best mom out there for your family. Hey guys, it's Dr. Sarah Meyer, and today Hannah Beer joins me on the podcast and shares about her healing journey, the organic origin of her business, Money Bliss, and how she helps women all over the world recreate their relationship with money in a life-affirming, positive way. Hannah talks us through how... The family constellation therapy helped her heal and release any blocks that were holding her back personally and in her finances. She now coaches women that struggle with some of the same difficulties. Hannah walks us through what contributes to some of the difficulty around talking about money and what might be contributing to our limiting beliefs. This conversation is so good. I know Hannah is going to inspire you in so many ways. Please check out our social at Hannah Money Bliss and her website at www.hannahbeer.com. Please listen and share with all your friends that might need some extra encouragement regarding their finances. Without further ado, here's Hannah. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening today. I can't even tell you how excited I am about this conversation. God is so good. Hannah reached out to me, social media, and asked if we could connect, and I am just thrilled. So she has a business, Money Bliss, and we're going to talk into that and what that is and unwrap that here in a little bit. But I want to hear about who Hannah is first. Hannah, if you would take a second and just introduce who you are and your business, that would be amazing.
1: Sarah, it's such an honor to get to be on your podcast. Yes, I would love to introduce myself. My name is Hannah Beer. I'm uh, the daughter of an American dad, a German mom, grew up in Germany. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most of my family, like 99% of my family, all of my cousins, aunts, uncles, siblings, like all of them live in the United States. It's just my mom, myself, and my grandpa over here in Europe and having those two sides of the family afforded me the possibility to go to school in Germany. I moved across the world, actually, in my early 20s. I moved to Indonesia, and then Amsterdam, and then London. And now with everything happening in the pandemic, and I'm the mom of a young daughter, and my daughter just turned two, we actually ended up back in Germany. And it's like we're living in the sound of music. There's like rolling hills and old churches. And it really looks like the sound of music pretty much. So that's my life. And I'm yeah. professionally, I'm a money mentor. I started my business very early in my life. I went to school to study fashion and then just had the idea, wouldn't it be fun to start my own business at yeah. 22 years old? And I've been self-employed pretty much my entire adult life. I never really had a real career. I've just been helping people clear their money blocks and get really nice and wealthy and free and happy and live however they want to. And that's what I do now. Oh, we,
0: I'm so excited to jump further into that, but let's, let's go a little bit deeper into who you are, Hannah. What do you feel like with all of your experiences, what has influenced you the most for the person that you are today?
1: Mm. Full disclosure, I, growing up, I had a really, 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 really hard time. I experienced sexual abuse at the age of seven. I was suicidal by the age of 14. I was very, very, very anorexic. A couple of years, I think I was like 17 at the time, I saw a video of myself at 14 that was taken as part of a school project and I could see like the bones of my elbows and of my shoulders protruding Wow. Because I was so, 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 so skinny. I had an anxiety disorder. I wasn't eating. I wasn't sleeping. I was having these, they're almost like epileptic fits where yeah. something would trigger me and my nervous oh. system would just go absolutely bananas. And I would wake up hours later, not even remembering anything. And yeah. so I was brought to a therapist and she diagnosed me saying that I have extreme PT- PTSD, which is complex trauma PTSD, which is what happens after long, long periods of neglect and trauma as a child, yeah, And growing up, I, I'm very, very, very sensitive. I hear sounds really loudly and colors are very intense for me. Yeah. And it is a gift in some ways. And I can go into that later, but it's, it was also really, really difficult thing for me to manage with yeah. going to school. And I was working from the age of 11. I started doing paper rounds and then I started tutoring and babysitting, working at a grocery store. Right. So I had a very full life. And Just life itself felt so intense and overwhelming. Like I I had the sensory overload that was so difficult for me to manage. And so as I became a young adult, I thought to myself, I I can't work like most people work. Mm -hmm. I can't get a full time job. I just, it would crush me. I wouldn't, I just, I can't live like this. I can't. I need so much time for myself to meditate to be quiet to be in nature to eat really good food. Mm-hmm. I I can't work a full like I just I can't do that and so I was really scared. Yeah. About like I just thought how am I going to manage my life? So I went to university to study fashion and being in a university setting allowed me to have more time mm-hmm. to to turn inward so that's how I discovered meditation and self-healing practices and I thought I need to figure out how to earn money being the way I am. Yeah. Struggling with anxiety at the time I was still deeply depressed. Yeah. I was really having a hard time and I thought but I still need to somehow provide for myself. That is
0: an incredible story. What for you Hannah has been the biggest healing resources that you have? Is it the meditation? Is it counseling? Has it been focusing on your tr- nutrition?
1: Yeah, so I tried everything. Uh-huh. Like everything. And the internet is like a wealth of tips, right? Like do these right. abundance affirmations and, and and EFT is gonna fix everything and read this book, it's gonna yeah. change your life and you know, meditate and like when I first started I discovered Kundalini Yoga. So I would meditate for ten, twelve, fourteen hours a day. Wow. I would get up at four in the morning to do two hours of chanting before sunrise, eat an an exclusively Ayurvedic diet. I would cook my tea for three hours. I would drink this yogic tea. It took three hours to make the freaking tea, Ugh. and I felt a little better. But to be honest, my life was still a mess. Yeah. So for me, it was what really helped. It was a mix of um, family constellation, uh, family constellation therapy, which is about healing the trauma that you experienced in your earliest years mm-hmm. between you and your caregivers, because mm-hmm. all of us know that our family of origin is where all of our issues come yes. from, right? Like we're going to be really honest. Like, why are we not confident? Why are we alcoholics? Mm. All, the, all roads point back to our family of origin and they yeah. did their best. And many of us still struggle with what happened. And many of us are still lacking, um, you know, many inner resources that we simply didn't get from our parents because they mm. weren't able to give them to us. Yeah. So for me, it was the trauma healing, the family healing that started to give me some ground beneath my feet. The Mm -hmm. second thing that really helped was to learn to clear my energy field because I'm so sensitive. I perceive subtle energy. So I see people's energy fields around them. I see energy blocks. I'm I'm like so sensitive. So what helps me is every day to clear my my energy field, to establish a really beautiful, healthy, protective boundary. That energetic hygiene piece was Mm -hmm. so invaluable to me. And I started to feel stronger and healthier and more balanced and more at peace. I could sleep more deeply. I could, you know, my food was digesting better. I could digest Mm -hmm. my life experiences better. And then the third part is that I needed help to figure out how to do life. Yeah, because I don't know about you, Sarah, but in my early 20s, even now, as I'm a little bit older, you know, I was a dum-dum. I knew nothing about anything. <laughs> I still feel like today I'm just brimming with questions, yeah. able to figure some things out. But I'm just at the very beginning. Like there's right. so much I, I still don't know. So I also needed somebody to take me by the hand to teach me these concepts that at the time I felt so ashamed because I thought I, I need to I shouldn't know how to do that. I should know how to pick the right career for myself. I should know how to save. I should know how to, you know, spend wisely. I should know how to grow my wealth. I should know how to run a business in a way that's sustainable and that, you know, my clients get Mm -hmm. great results and I should know how to market. But the truth was, I didn't know any of these things. So I needed guidance and mentorship to implement these very practical things and to learn them. Because again, I'm the, my family weren't able to teach me. I'm the first entrepreneur. A couple of generations back, my ancestors were hairdressers, but definitely not online life coaches. I needed a lot of help to learn these things.
0: And I think Hannah, you, you really struck the nail on the head right here. When we're talking about when we start shoulding ourselves, what that is, is another word for shame. So when Mm. we start, we should, 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 should it's I'm shame, 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 shaming myself because I don't know how to do this. When in reality, if it hasn't been demonstrated, if it hasn't been something we've researched or studied, how would you possibly have known those things? It's that bigger picture of grace, self-compassion, empathy, and really developing, my Brene Brown people will appreciate this, really developing that shame resilience and realizing that That is not a place, a healthy place to be in when we just shame ourselves. And a growth mindset is realizing grace that you did the best that you can in what situation you're in. And now that you know better, you're going to do better. Tell us how you shifted specifically into starting your business Money Bliss.
1: Somehow. I stumbled into all of this. So mm-hmm. I, I went to university to study fashion. I didn't know what to do with my life. And I thought, you know, why not? <laughs> I just yeah. picked something. And I went to school for fashion. Like I said, I was in a deeply troubled place at the time still. I, I didn't know if a solution was available. I thought maybe I'm one of those people who are just meant to die. young. Maybe I'm just oh, one of those man. people who wow. are just not going to make it because let's all be honest. Most of us know people who fit into this category. It's not that they're not worth living. It's not that they're somehow deeply, deeply fall. It's just that some of us simply do not make it. It is a privilege to be alive as I see it. I'm grateful that I'm one of those who were able to get over the hump, but not everybody does it. So Mm -hmm. I thought maybe I'm just never going to get over this hump and maybe I'm just not meant to live very long. But I also realized that I never really gave it a shot. Mm -hmm. I never really, really, really took it into my own hands to research and see if maybe I can feel better. If the answer is no, then I wouldn't have lost anything. So I started to experiment on myself. And like I said, I did this like crazy meditation practice for I think two years. my friends said, Hannah, you're so weird. What are you doing? And I remember starting to have these episodes of bliss where I just felt like my entire body was exploding with joy. It didn't last very long but that was my first experience almost like some people who might experiment with psychedelics I didn't take psychedelics it was just meditation it was just the right. inner I knew that somehow bliss was possible because I first got a taste of it I got a taste of what the mm-hmm. divine feels like got a taste of what source you know spirit is And that first Mm -hmm. kind of parted the clouds for me. And I thought, there is something greater out there. There is a healing force out there. There is something that can make me feel better. It was still all the way at the beginning of my journey. But my friend said, at the time, I thought I was the only one struggling. But then my friend said, can you teach us this yoga thing that you're doing? Can you do that? And so reluctantly, I said, yes. I started teaching You know, my version of yoga, which was a blend of kundalini yoga and then also some movement. And I would turn on this electronic music with like really heavy beats, turn off the lights so people could really tune inside. Mm -hmm. And then I'll see that that is like the heartbeat that all of us share. You know, it's like like, like, this primal beating. That felt so deeply moving to all of us. It's kind of how it all started, and I started practice uh, teaching yoga in the park and in like nightclubs and people's living rooms and uh, camp- cafes after dark. And more and more people started to come. And then this like basketball team wanted to practice yoga with me, and the entire time it's in complete denial. I was like, I don't um, even know what those people want. I'm just going to do whatever I like. If they yeah. like it, cool. If they hate it, doesn't matter. I'm just doing this for me. And then after class, people started to stay, started to ask all of these questions that I obviously had no answers to because they said things like, but why do I feel so lost? Why do I feel so depressed? Why do I not know what to do with my life? Why do I struggle mm-hmm. with this one thing that my mom said that I just can't get over? Yeah. And I felt honored that they wanted to confide in me, but I also... Said to them, like, please do not ask me these questions. I'm not a therapist, I cannot help you. Yeah. I'm in a really dark place myself. I cannot help you. I cannot help you. Yet, people kept coming, and at some point, I thought, you know, if all of us have all these questions, yeah, I wonder if I can find some answers and then pass the answers along. And so, my intuition got so, 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 so strong. I really stumbled into this. Like, clients found me before I had a business, clients like ran down my door before I even had anything to teach, you know, that's how I felt. And so I kind of learned on the job. And I started to figure out some things, especially the things that helped so tremendously was family constellation therapy, just deep, deep, deep family of origin healing. It works whether your family members are deceased, if they're in jail, if you're not in touch with them. So many of us have really troubled, difficult family stories and family constellation therapy can help bring some salvation to mm-hmm. that as well. That was just one of the most groundbreaking things for me to find. Because until that point, I had thought, well, we get born into certain families and if we're adults in you know, a cold hand, then that's just, just have to live with this grief forever. And yeah. family constellation therapy really helped alleviate that for me. And so as I was discovering tools that worked, I started to pass them on, and I was able to especially help people in the area of money. That mm. was for me at first an unexpected side effect, where they started to find their dream jobs, start businesses, get really successful, make lots and lots and lots of money. And I thought, yeah. wow, like that, I was really surprising to me.
0: Guys, I want you to to hear what she's talking about. So her journey, she really took back control. She took her power. She shifted out of this, this victim mentality of life is happening to me and decided that she was going to take back control of her life and make choices to try and change what her circumstances were. And that that is not easy. That's often very messy when you start taking that that journey. But once you start taking that journey and you see Improvements and you see changes, it empowers you to take the next step and then take the next step. Amazing. Tell us more. We've mentioned it a couple of times now. So let's talk a little bit more about the family constellation therapy. What is it and how did it help you shift and really understand more about money management?
1: Most of us know that every person has an electromagnetic field around their body. -hmm. You know, and some some people call it the aura in science, like in physics. I growing up was really into physics and into chemistry and science and stuff. And so I learned that there's electromagnetic fields everywhere. Your liver has an electromagnetic field, your heart has one, your brain has one, your entire body has one, Mm -hmm. and your family of origin has one as well. In biology, the energy field that wraps around your family of origin is called the morphic field. And so Um, An example of that could be a wolf pack where if you just imagine a pack of wolves and there's like this energy field around them that organizes the behavior of the individual, because really wolves could just do whatever, like they could walk off in any direction, howl at any time of day, but no, there's this invisible intelligence that tells wolves That the way that they have the best um, chance of survival is by organizing into a certain hierarchy where a female wolf is the head of the pack. And then if she were to die, somebody else would advance and so on. So within the wolf Mm -hmm. pack, every wolf has a certain role within a certain place within the hierarchy. Yeah. The same is true for humans because we... We like to pretend that we're so sophisticated, but mm-hmm. we are animals. <laughs> the morphic field also organizes the behavior of the family system. Mm-hmm. And your need to belong to your family of origin is bigger and more important than your need to be skinny, to be liked, to be rich, mm-hmm. you know, to be yeah. successful. You need to belong to your family of origin first. And you need to belong to them, even if they are crazy, even if they make the worst choices, (laughs) whatever, like your family of origin are the people who gave you the greatest gift anybody could have given you, the gift of life. You Mm -hmm. came onto this planet through your mom, through your dad, and that is the greatest gift that anybody could have given you. You are alive. Like what a miracle, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the breath of God is flowing through you. That just gives me chills. Our family really are fertile soil beneath our feet. We always follow the guidance of the family system. If there's a certain wealth set point in our family of origin, let's say it's $3,000 a month and you hire a business coach and that person says, your goal this year is to earn $30,000 a month, but your wealth set point of your family is $3,000, then it's likely that you'll stay in line with the $3,000. And it is unlikely that you'll go to the 30,000 because your main need is to stay, is to belong to your family. Family constellation therapy is really powerful in breaking those invisible agreements. Mm -hmm. So you can earn any amount of money, have any amount of wealth, any amount of prosperity and an amazing quality of life, whatever really fits you and have an increasingly deep and healthy relationship to your family of origin. It helps you not need to follow them in invisible ways so much Mm -hmm. anymore, while still very much belonging with your family of origin. Mm -hmm.
0: And it, it really aligns with a lot of what's in the research. And you hear a lot about generational trauma together of understanding where you came from and why and how to break some of those chains. We are designed with a need To be loved, to want to belong, of connection, and that connection is always going to be the strongest with our family of origin. And when you have grow up with a non healthy family of origin, it really does wreak havoc with a lot of your perceptions, your ability to see and growth and change and move, and it takes a lot of work to overcome. Tell us more, Hannah, about why you think the subject of money is so uncomfortable for women.
1: You just, as you're listening to this podcast, if you just kind of tune into your body around money, you'll very likely begin to discover some emotional hooks. You might feel scared, uncomfortable, like it's not enough you know, some of my clients come from wealth, but they feel a lot of shame around wealth. And who am I to ask for more? And who am I to be so successful? Mm -hmm. You know, so all of these emotional hooks are attached to money, right? And it can feel really restricting. Yeah, And also, we live in a world that wants to reinforce these things. Because when when you're living your life and it feels like you're not enough and your money is not Mm -hmm. enough and your life isn't good enough and you're in this perpetual state of dissatisfaction, then people can sell you a lot of stuff you don't need. You know, capitalism loves people who are dissatisfied. If you go on social media or even just turn on the TV, right? It's all about eliciting desire. And most of those things that you're being taught to desire won't probably won't fulfill you at a soul level (laughs) they probably won't you know bring you you know kind of meet your deepest needs in terms of what you really truly honestly want one part is becoming aware of how the world wants you to be dissatisfied and it is an, an absolutely revolutionary thing to discover What is it that I truly want? Like, what is Mm -hmm. my soul path on this planet? What are the things that truly make me come alive? What is most important to me? Who am I? And what life fits me and then to be bold enough to actually go and live this way mm-hmm. that makes you invincible and it really helps you break free sometimes it can feel like there's just a gazillion hands tugging at me to try yeah. to tell me my life isn't good enough and i'm not enough and i when i think about business when i started my business the most amazing thing was to be a six-figure entrepreneur it was all over like become a six-figure entrepreneur live right. the laptop lifestyle And then the next year, it was 200K a year, and then it was 500K, and then it was seven figures and eight figures. Soon, we all need to be billionaires to be enough, and then we'll still not feel enough. So we're kind of moving into superlatives. It's just like the stakes keep being set higher, and I'm thinking, like, who's setting the stakes? Right. So what we really want is to figure out what is your soul path, what is your perfect version of our life, what is your dharma, your sacred work work to do on this planet, what is your soul income number, your soul savings number, your soul net worth number, what is your perfect money flow that really makes you feel so safe, so calm, that allows you to live the way you truly want to. Discovering these things, like I said. Is going to mean that you won't be so seduced so easily. You won't just right. be a mindless consumer of stuff that nobody really needs, and that power many, many people who don't want you to have that power, right? right? And so it's it's a really revolutionary, amazing step mm-hmm. to take.
0: Yeah, and, and those people that don't want you to have a po- the power, it's often it's a reflection of where they are and not a reflection of where you are. It's easier to hold other people back. Then feel accountable to have to move ourselves forward as a thought, as you're thinking through what other people might say about you or what you're trying to do. At some point, you have to kind of let go of what other people say about you because you know who you are and what you're meant to be and where you're supposed to be going.
1: Yeah. I love that. And the recipe is inside of you. Uh Nobody else can tell you that. It's about digging deep into you and discovering what that is. For you. And then, like you said, Sarah, other people might say, well, You're not supposed to do it that way. Mm-hmm, Here's, mm-hmm. Like, I used to always think that I needed to make house. I don't like cleaning and I don't like having many people to like supervise. So anytime I have a cleaner, I always like let them go because I'm like, it's another person to manage. Right. So I actually like after all this like back and forth and I now live in like a really decent sized home that's not gigantic. And I yeah. love it so much more. But there's like all these voices in my head that say, Well, at your level of success, at your level of this and that, don't you need the bends in the driveway? You need the big fancy house? Don't you need to be traveling around the world every month? And I love to travel, but it's almost like I'm discovering that I'm full of all of these ideas of what success looks like that are not my ideas. That's not my definition. Hannah, what are some of
0: the biggest lies that you think women in? Particular maybe business
1: owners, women, have uh, surrounding money? One of those myths we already touched on is that we all need to earn increasingly more money. Mm -hmm. Many of the clients who come to me are amazing receiver of money. I have many clients who already come from wealth, who have really wealthy spouses, high-earning jobs, whose businesses are doing really, really well. And yet they still struggle with money because many of them don't have anything to show for at the end of the day. Or the constant struggle of like, need to make more money, need to make more money is really stressful and doesn't actually create the lovely quality of life that they want. Mm -hmm. And so I liken this to pouring more water into an empty bucket. So when those people come to me and they'll say, but I need to earn even more because all my friends are millionaires. I'm like, how about we like plug the holes in your bucket? How about we work on Letting you have money. So one of the things we do in Money Bliss is we help you become an amazing receiver of money, and we help you grow your money-making vehicle. That could be your career, it could be your business, it could be several businesses. Some of my clients don't work at all; they're just really amazing at receiving money, you know, in serendipitous ways. Some are transitioning from career to career, you know. What some work on a project basis. It's always different. But what we do help you is grow your money making vehicle, become an amazing receiver of money. But more importantly, we help you keep a profit and we help you have lots of money. Always. We help your money stay and grow. So you're not constantly in this like need to earn more. And so it's so easy to glorify the income because that's what Mm -hmm. makes like people's jaws drop. Yeah. right? Right. And I've met some people in person who make incredible incomes, but no profit. So they right. were like, they were like, Oh, I need to sell my house. so I can keep sending my kids to a private school. Cause my launch just didn't make a profit. Like I had a 500 K launch. That's how much it took to pull off this launch. So I made zero dollars. So we're pretty much broke. So wow. we don't glorify income. We love, it's a wonderful game to play, to increase your income. So of course it's fun to have you earn like 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 K month. That's right. fun. What's most important, though, is that you learn to keep a profit and that you become somebody who always has money. Because right. the having of the money is key to having peace of mind, to having choice, um, so you can begin making decisions based on soul, not based on right. money. Because your soul might say, this is the home that we need to live in, and this is the place for us, and this is the car, and this is the vacation, and These are the people I want to be surrounded by. This is the food we want to eat. And so having lots of money affords you the freedom to make the right choice.
0: Right. Right. Is there any other particular lies that you think women struggle with is around money?
1: One lie that I told myself, and I wonder if more people think that. I used to think I'm too sensitive. I'm too broken. I have to change myself at a foundational level in order to be able to be good with money. I can't be so introverted. I can't be somebody who just hides for, you know, weeks and months on end. Um, And so I thought that just the way I am wasn't right, that people like me cannot succeed because I kept seeing all of these like more outspoken, more confident, more flamboyant personalities you know, succeed in the world. And I thought, well, I'm like a little bit more like a mouse. I, I'm very private. I have a very introverted and like lots of time for me. And so I thought, well, I can't possibly be a financial and business success that way. Mm-hmm. And I was wrong. Many moments, you know, you know, I had so many moments where I just thought, oh, screw it. I just can't get myself to be any other way than I am. I'm just right. going to do what I can. And so that path kind of surprised me. And I started to discover that the way I'm wired is no coincidence. Like somehow divine hand kind of designed me this way, created me this way. And actually the way I'm wired is perfect for my dharma. Like Mm -hmm. I am designed exactly the way I need to be designed to bring my secret work to the world. And so for me, the process was to stop thinking I need to be different and to just trust that there is nothing coincidental about who I am. Yes,
0: absolutely. And I, I strongly encourage women that your health and wellness and your ability to grow has to start with understanding who you are. So embracing your identity, which is sounds exactly what you ultimately did, Hannah, was you accepted who you are. You understood what drives you. And that's how you are able to move forward and grow a business and understand money management and then help teach others about that as well. But it really starts with understanding yourself, accepting yourself and realizing that you don't have to look like what other people think.
1: It can feel like a lonely path in all honesty because yeah. you know, growing up, going to school and following our parents' guidance and yeah. following the guidance of the government and whatever. It's like, we're kind of, I was longing for someone to just tell me what to do and for yeah. that to be a guarantee. Like, if I follow these rules, then all will be well, right? Well, that is safe. not it feels how safe. life works. Yeah. Yeah. And that safe path, like the only safe path that I've discovered is my soul path mm-hmm. is to con- continuously ask, what is, what's the soul decision here? To Mm -hmm. continuously make decisions based on soul, even though they might seem crazy and everybody will disagree and it will feel feel really scary, but making a decision based on soul, not based on fear, not based on money, not based on convenience has never let me down. It always, always, always brings me amazing experiences and growth and payoffs. That is the closest thing I found. Like being connected to Saurus, making decisions based on soul to yeah. me is like the closest thing to guaranteed safety that I found. And so that helps alleviate some of the shake shaking in my boots that I'm experiencing Absolutely. when I'm noticing myself doing life the exact opposite way from what I see everybody else doing.
0: Yeah. Awesome. I mean, so thought-provoking. Hannah, as we are starting to shift into the holidays. They're fast approaching. What are some simple steps that listeners can take to start shifting their relationship with money as they prepare? As we prepare going into really an expensive time of year, how can we make some simple changes to really start embracing money and money management?
1: Yeah, so this question ties in perfectly with a question around the emotional hooks attached to money, right? Mm-hmm. Like many of us, when you know when summer is over, we already start to get like this heart pounding of like, oh crap, Christmas, oh crap, Christmas. Like, yeah. am I going to get go go broke over this silly holiday again this year? And then my kids are still not, not going to like their presents, and right. it can be such a stressful, stressful, stressful time. And it's like, do I need to buy presents for everyone? Are they big enough? What are they going to think? Like, it's just Mm -hmm. this extremely stressful, overwhelming time. And the thing that, two thoughts that help me personally so much when it comes to Christmas. I always like to, when it comes to presents, I like to, again, go back to my practice of making decisions based on soul. I like to really think about the person and think, you know, what would be, a beautiful offering that I can bring to them that would feel mutually enriching. Mm -hmm. You know, for some of those people, what comes to mind is something handmade. For some, it's an experience that I would buy them. For some, you know, I wanted to deepen the relationship in some way. And I like to make these decisions based on soul, not based on money. So some of Mm -hmm. you guys, you might be starting to hyperventilate because then you're like, it's going to be really, really, really expensive.
0: The other,
1: you know, again, I have a deep, deep, deep belief that decisions based on soul are never expensive. They always bring profit. They always make you richer. They always bring something really positive into your life and they always feel calm and peaceful and rewarding and right. Like there's this click in your body where you're like, yes. So instead of just doing Christmas presents as you should, begin to make decisions based on soul. Really tune into each person. Think like, what can we do this year to celebrate our relationship, to deepen the love that flows between us, irrespective of money, irrespective of you know what should be done. And right. then I also like to think I can always create more money. That is the lovely thing with being an amazing money creator. Right. And some some of my clients are employees, so they often have the belief, but I'm bound by what my employer pays me. Mm-hmm. And many of my you know clients are really debunking this myth because they're able to, you know, one of the things that happens in money plus that people get really, really lucky. So they get, like, we like to play this game of like who was able to buy for something at full price. Like, cause at some point all of us struggle because we get discounts and things for free and just like serendipitous things out of the blue. And just like, it's like abundance just really starts to fly at us. And even if we tried, we couldn't avert it. And, and then, you know, many of us are also becoming amazing Receivers of money in really serendipitous ways, where all of a sudden you find like $100 bills on this road and it's just, it makes no sense at all. So, the other thing that can guide you through the holidays is to think it's okay to spend money. I can always create more money. I can mm-hmm. always create more money. I can always create more money. And you can even play a little game and think, you know, if this year for Christmas, I'm going to spend, say, $500 on gifts for everyone what's a really, you know, what are 50 creative ways that I can earn this money in like, you know, on the side. Right. And then you can make a list of 50 really cool ways. You know, is there an old couch in the basement that you can sell Like, can you rent out your car? Like there's these like Airbnb type apps for cars now. Wow. Can you just rent out your car for a week and make 500 bucks that way. So you don't uh-huh. have to tap into your savings you yeah. know, and then maybe make 600. So you made a hundred dollar profit for cri- buying Christmas presents. So I also want to inspire you to just be a little more open-minded and a little more creative. Yeah. Well, wouldn't it be fun if you could make, you know, give those soul presents, those soul experiences to your loved ones and make a profit doing so right. and actually get richer in the process. Right. Does that make sense?
0: It does. And, and what fascinates me guys, and what I love so much about what she just said is we can get very fixed in this, this scarcity mindset of there's only so much. I only have so much, you know, that we really shut down to, to potentials or possibilities. And, and what you're encouraging Hannah is really shifting into an abundance mindset and realizing there is enough, there is opportunities. I just have to be open, aware, and start looking for them.
1: Exactly. And so this is, imagine if you get the skill down, imagine if you are the type of person who could always create more money. Mm -hmm. It's called resourcefulness. Mm -hmm. Imagine if you were somebody, if you were to decide there's this thing that I want, $2,000 and you know exactly how to create that additional money to go buy that thing. Or if you're like, you know, I want to give this trip to my family members. It's that much money. I'm just going to go create this money. Imagine if you could create money on demand because you're such an amazing receiver and creator of money. If you're so resourceful and so amazing at spotting money, making opportunities, that creates a real beautiful sense of peace of mind. Cause then it's not about, do I have the money? It's about how do I create the money? Yeah. And that's how everything becomes affordable in your life. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. I absolutely love it guys. I really hope that you have heard all of the incredible, amazing things that she's said, Hannah, if people want to find you and find more about you and more of what you're teaching with money bliss, what are the best ways to do that?
1: Yeah. My website is dot com. That's dot R.com. Hannah, no H at the end. Yeah. Um, you're welcome to check out my website to read a little bit more about me. You're mm-hmm. welcome to send me an email. If you're listening to this podcast episode and you have questions or just a little feedback, my email is hello at com. I'm still the type of person who loves personal interaction. I will respond. <laughs> so yeah, you're welcome to reach out. And if you're somebody who would really love to be in a more abundant place in your life and learn to make however much money feels fun for you to to receive, then you're also welcome to book a free call with me. It's just a 20-minute conversation for us to get to know each other, for me to hear a little bit more about your situation, to see if I can help. And if so, to see which program might be a fit for you. It's really casual. And you can book that call at hannahbeer.com slash call.
0: Perfect. Okay, guys, I'm going to get all of that in the show notes. I really hope she's inspired you as much as she's inspired me and made possibly the the holiday upcoming holidays a little bit more exciting and less stressful when you think about some of this money stuff. Okay, Hannah, we're going to wrap up with my last question, my favorite question. What is your favorite form of self-care?
1: <sighs> it's... Always changing. Okay, I But right that. now, think that you need to do self-care every day, like that mm-hmm. you need to meditate every day and like read something positive every day. I discovered that that's not the truth. Mm-hmm. I discovered that when you go deep and you clear your inner blocks and you rewire for like success and abundance and all of that, it sticks and you don't yeah. actually have to do it again. So right now, I'm in a really happy space. Like I'm always peaceful, always happy, always excited. Didn't know this was possible, but I, wow. I, I'm just amazed at myself that a person can feel so good consistently. So now my self-care is actually just about having fun. And Yay. right now, I love to sing.
0: Fun. I love it. And do you do that by yourself? Do you do that with your child? Do you do that out in public?
1: Yes, all of it. In okay. my car, with my singing teacher this morning. Um Grace was taking a bath and I was just sitting in the bath next to her washing my hair and I just started singing and then the best thing happened. She said, again, when I stopped saying, I mean, because, you know, kids are going to be honest. Yeah. So she said, again, and my heart just like fluttered a little bit. And I was like, oh, my God, she likes my singing. And she's two, so she doesn't speak very much. But that was just the highest praise.
0: (laughs) Oh, I just love it. How absolutely adorable. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Guys, check out her website. I really hope that you are able to be in a place where you can really think through what we talked about. And please reach out to her, reach out to me if you have any more questions. Guys, thanks for listening.